0: Hello friends, this is the Daily Edify with Jeff Lane, a place to get spiritually grounded and into alignment with the flow of love each weekday morning. In each episode, we'll focus on a spiritual practice, a poem, a book, a sacred text, something that can empower us to be more fully alive to the gift that is the day before us. Thank you for listening. Today's episode is about the Book of Ruth, uh, part of the Hebrew Bible Old Testament. It's the second installment in this little series we're doing on the so-called Forgotten Books of the Bible, using as our guide the, the book of the same name by Robert Williamson, Jr. It's a little class I'm teaching at the church I serve, First Prez Met on Sunday mornings. We've had, it's been well-received, we've had thoughtful discussions each week. Uh, A couple weeks ago, we focused on Song of Songs, then Ruth, which will be our focus today, then Lamentations, Ecclesiastes, and we'll end with Esther. Our Jewish friends are much better about reading and wrestling with these five books of the Bible in the Christian context. They're often overlooked, uh, for better or for worse. Um, Our Jewish friends, Remind themselves each year of these books in in a very powerful way because they read them at major festivals. So at Passover, at Purim, Shavuot, uh, these these major moments in their liturgical calendar, they're reading these these five books. Uh, we as Christians, as younger siblings to our Jewish friends, in terms of religious progeny, uh, we have much to learn from these books. Their their wisdom, their um, theological resonance. Uh, it's it's all there. So today we're looking at uh, the book of Ruth, this tiny four-chapter slim volume that comes right after the book of Judges, at least in the Christian canon, the Old Testament. Uh, it has much to say uh, to our particular context uh, here in the U.S., 2023, uh, and we'll get to that. But it also had lots of dissonance when it was uh, first edited and 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 put out into the world, as it were, because there are other parts of the Old Testament, Hebrew Bible, uh, that speak very differently than Ruth does. So you have the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, for example, uh, that warn uh, about so-called intermarriage between uh, Jewish men, mostly, and foreign women. In Ezra and Nehemiah, it's it's absolute. There's a prohibition against this intermarriage. And understandably, there's some concern about if we intermarry people with different gods, different customs, who look differently, who experience the world differently. That's going to somehow dilute uh, our experience, who we are. Uh, And so in Ezra and Nehemiah, it's pretty straightforward. You don't you don't intermarry. Intermarriage is prohibited. But then you have the book of Ruth that comes along and its hero, uh, one of only two books named after women in the entire Bible, Ruth and Esther, two of our five books we're talking about in this series. But in the book of Ruth, the, the heroine, the central character is not an Israelite, not, not part of us, not God's people as, as we understand it. And yet, she, she's a Moabite, uh, and yet she is the one who displays such remarkable faith, um, despite not having um, been part of the story of Israel, the story of, of God's people. And so a little bit about, about the book of Ruth, uh, it opens, uh, in in a grim place, um, Elimelech uh, is is a, a husband, an Israelite, gets married to um, Naomi, uh, his wife, and they have two sons, Malon and, and Kilion. Uh, they grow up, they live in in Bethlehem, but as it often happened in the ancient world there was a famine uh, they were heavily dependent on weather patterns and when they didn't uh, sync up with with their agricultural calendar, uh, you know there was famine and so often folks uh, who were in the the land of Canaan when there was famine, uh, they would migrate to Moab, which was a little bit south, and if things were really, really bad, they'd migrate all the way to Egypt, which was sort of the superpower in that area of the day. So there's a famine. Uh, Elimelech and Naomi have two sons, and they have to flee. They become refugees uh, fleeing to Moab to find food, to find work, uh, to survive. Um, And sure enough, uh, disaster befalls them once more. Uh, they, They arrive in Bethlehem and very soon afterward, Elimelech dies. Naomi then is left uh, without her husband, and in the ancient world, um, if you did not have an attachment to a, a male, uh, you, you were in a lot of trouble, um, legally in terms of your ability to hold property, in terms of your ability to survive. Uh, her two sons then, a few years later, also die, and Naomi is left alone. However, uh, before her sons died, they both got married to Moabite women. So, this is the very situation that Ezra and Nehemiah prohibit uh, Israelite men marrying foreign women. Uh, They marry Ruth and Orpah, respectively. Uh, And then there's this beautiful scene, which maybe you've heard read at a wedding uh, in chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, uh, where uh, remember, Orpah is, is wondering, oh, should I go back to my, my people in Moab because uh, Naomi has discovered that, that there's no longer famine in the land of Bethlehem. She's going to return and try to survive um, by leaning on extended family and, and the social service safety net that, that was in existence um, and so she's going to pack up and move back to Bethlehem, and she has Ruth and Orpah that are her daughters-in-law, but her sons have both died. Ruth, she she tries to insist to Ruth and Orpah, go back to your family. Don't don't come with me back to Bethlehem. What are you going to do there? Uh, you don't know anyone. You don't know the language. You don't know the customs. You don't know the religion. And um, Orpah decides after. Two times of pushing her, she decides to go back home uh, to Moab. But Ruth uh, distinctively says, no, uh, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And so for, for Ruth, um, she's viewing the world in a radical way, uh, a woman-oriented woman, if you will, uh, whereas Naomi can only see the world with her attachment to, to a man uh, and, the, and the assurance that that can provide. And so Ruth, bravely, decides to stay with Naomi, and they trek it back together to Bethlehem. It certainly caused a stir when they arrived at the city gates. Uh, Here's Naomi, without her husband, without her sons, and traveling with a foreign woman whom they don't know yet. Uh, as it turns out, um, a beautiful story ensues, which we don't have time to get into, um, but it turns out there's this relative Naomi has named Boaz, and he uh, owns a field, and uh, the Torah had these these beautiful laws in place where uh, the the poor and the vulnerable, um, so that they would not starve, were allowed to glean or, or harvest the grain at the corners of one's property. So people who owned, owned land and had people working it, were told don't don't harvest all the way in the corners of the land, but leave that for those who are poor, those who are vulnerable, so they too can eat. And so Ruth goes out to Boaz's land uh, strategically uh, and begins to glean, begins to harvest there. And as it turns out, Boaz notices Ruth. There's this uh, pretty amazing uh, story uh, where she um, kind of puts herself in the right place they end up uh, discovering one another, they fall in love. Uh, Boaz decides to marry Ruth again, a foreign woman, a Moabite. Uh, he decides to marry Ruth and and do what's called redeem. Uh, so he sort of becomes the uh, both both Ruth's husband and Naomi's uh, sort of protector. Uh, she ends up Ruth through her her cunning and her incredible courage. Uh, she ends up providing security for both her and Naomi. This this foreign woman becomes the sort of woman of worth, this woman of valor, uh, this woman of faith. By the end of the book, um, and this is skipping over lots of details, I encourage you to read Ruth. It takes 12, 13 minutes to read in one sitting. Um, but at the very end of the, the book, um, Ruth and uh, Boaz have have a son uh, Naomi for so long has been just crestfallen that she has she has no uh, no descendants no sons um, anymore and now no grandsons uh, but as it turns out uh, she does uh, and the son is named Obed and as the story goes then Obed has Jesse and Jesse becomes the father of King David you know the most celebrated king uh, in all of the people of Israel. So so you have this incredible story where Ruth, a foreign Mo- a Moabite, uh, becomes uh, the sort of paradigmatic example of what it means to be faithful, courageous. And this voice in Ruth is is pushing back against, you know, the voice in Ezra and Nehemiah, which you know, also has some value you might say in certain contexts. But that's why it's so important to notice that in Scripture, in all sacred texts, we have we have a cacophony of voices, not a uniformity of voices. And so Ruth is presenting for us uh, this incredible person, the person we would maybe least expect to provide an example of, of valor, of wisdom, of courage, of faith. She is that example for all of us. And ends up not only being in the line of David, uh, but for we Christians, when we think about the genealogy of Jesus, uh, she too is in the genealogy of Jesus. And so without Ruth's faith and valor and courage, there would have been no David. There would have been no Jesus, if you will. So friends, a long one today. I'm sorry, I kind of prattled on here. Um, a long one today, but he- here's here's my main point I want you to hold on to. Um, which people in your life in your context are maybe on the margins on the outside if you will but who are themselves these paragons uh, these people that show all of us who might be on the inside where whatever inside means to you in your context how they might show us uh, incredible courage incredible bravery incredible goodness and how much we have to learn from them so friends keep your eyes out for those maybe who are on the margins maybe who are on the outside but who are living beautiful lives that we too can emulate if today's podcast has blessed you provided a tinge of clarity or some nourishment for your spiritual journey please share it with a friend so that we can create a more inclusive community Or do you have any feedback for me, any show ideas, something that was particularly helpful or something that could have been better? Please send me an email at thedailyedify at gmail.com. That's in the show notes as well. I'd love to hear from you. Also, please consider rating and reviewing The Daily Edify wherever you get your podcasts. Friends, you are loved and never alone.